Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, the poor merciful sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your God's mercy, and for the sake of the holy and innocent innocent sufferings and death, of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
The Old Testament reading for this, the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, is from the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter. The same night, Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the fjord of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from 2 Timothy, the third chapter and the fourth chapter. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. 
For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
the 32nd chapter of Genesis. Then Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him until daybreak, and then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear friends in Christ, a television team one time was preparing a primetime special about Jerusalem's famous Wailing Wall, and each day as they taped, they saw the same elderly gentleman who would come to the wall and he would be there praying morning, noon, and night. And on their last day, they got curious and they asked him, What, sir, is it that you pray for so fervently? The old man thought for a moment and he said, I pray for health, I pray for happiness, I pray for peace in my land. And then with the all too common insensitivity that we've come to associate with the media, one of those making that film then asked the old man, but, but frankly, sir, you don't look very healthy. Are you happy? And the old man thought and he said, no, not really. And your homeland, it's in turmoil. Do you really believe that your prayers are even being heard? To tell you the truth, the old man replied, sometimes I feel like I'm simply talking to a wall. The old man's subtle sense of humor is overshadowed by the sad reality of what the old man was saying. He was indeed doing little but talking to a wall. Because sadly, the old man didn't have the faith in Jesus Christ, which is essential for prayers even to be lifted unto heaven, for us to be acceptable unto God that our prayers might be heard. Scripture makes it abundantly clear, as Isaiah says, of old your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. The old man had good intentions, and so often people look at those with good intentions and they say that must somehow justify what they say and their prayers must certainly be heard on the basis of their good intentions. He had good intentions. But no matter, dear friends, how good our intentions are, it doesn't make us acceptable unto God. It doesn't make our prayers acceptable unto him no matter how good our intentions are, no matter how sincere our remorse or regret might be. Indeed, as the old adage goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's wisdom that comes to us, not as many think from England's 19th century literary giant, Dr. Samuel Johnson, but rather from a 12th century French monk named St. Bernard. St. Bernard, who wrote such great hymns as, O Jesus, King Most Wonderful, or O Sacred Head Now Wounded, St. Bernard, whom Luther often quotes, and of whom Luther speaks favorably, especially when he speaks of this comfort that St. Bernard spoke of, when he spoke especially about how comforted we can be as the children of God, how confident we can be as the children of God, that our prayers are heard because of Jesus Christ. And so this, Luther says, is the kind of joy and comfort that St. Bernard had in his heart so that he could say, how can I ever become sad? How can I be mournful? How can I be discouraged after all Christ's my flesh and my blood sits in heaven above, and I expect that this Christ will not be my enemy. 
Hell is full of good intentions and desires, St. Bernard said a thousand years ago. But the good saint also knew what it was and who it is that breaks through that barrier of sin between man and God and bears God to man and bears man also then unto God and lifts up our prayers indeed unto God in heaven. St. Bernard knew it by faith. Martin Luther knew it by faith. You know it by faith. You know what makes the difference and you know who makes the difference and that is none less than Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is that alone which breaks down that barrier that separates man from God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except by me, our Lord said. Whatsoever, therefore, ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The prelude to all of our prayers then, be it the prayers of the saints of times past in the Old Testament days and the New Testament days and our day, the prayers of all ages must have a prelude. And the prelude that all prayers must have is that confident faith in our Lord Jesus Christ as the one who breaks that dividing wall between God and man. But I do have that faith in Christ by God's grace, someone might say, and yet sometimes when I pray, it seems that I am talking to a wall, despite that faith that I have. Sometimes we pray with great pain, and we pray, pray with, with anguish. We need an answer, and we are confident that we need that answer right now, but no answer comes, at least no answer that really satisfies us. Where is God when I need him, we consequently say. Where is he when I really need him to be here? Does he really care? I feel so alone, and I feel so discouraged. You see, sometimes the biggest battle that we've got is simply the battle with our own flagging and sinful spirits. Often our struggle with the discouragement and the loneliness that we feel is the bigger battle than the struggle with the situation that we confront. Sometimes it's harder just to emotionally hang in there than it is to actually deal with the issue of the conflict. But look at Jacob. Look at Jacob in the Old Testament lesson for today. All alone, there he is, wrestling with the Lord. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And look at that unnamed woman that you heard of in today's gospel. Widowed, no one to serve as her advocate, all alone, not even a son who might serve as her advocate in court, which was so important in those days. But she kept on bringing, despite this lack of advocacy of others, she kept on bringing over and over again her case day after day to the local judge who, Scripture tells us, neither feared God nor had any concern at all for man. And she kept on coming to him day after day, and her persistence compelled him to act because, quote, this widow keeps bothering me. The judge says, I'll see that she gets justice so she won't wear me out with her continual coming. Will not God, Jesus says, bring about justice for his elect, for you, his chosen ones, the Father who loves you, when even this judge didn't love but still perform justice for this widow, won't God, who loves you, your father who loves you so much, hear you when you cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting you off? 
We learn from Jacob in the Old Testament lesson today. And we learn also from that woman in today's gospel lesson of persistence, of perseverance in prayer. Keep at it. Don't give up. God hears you. And whatever you do, remember how vulnerable you are when things don't seem to be going the way that you want them to go and when you're emotionally wrapped up in it and you're strung out and you're uptight because of it. You're vulnerable at times such as those. The world, with all of its philosophies, will come at you and say, God isn't listening, so find your help here. Find your help there. Don't trust in him. The world makes all kinds of promises that the world you know cannot keep, but the vulnerable will, in desperation, grab at them anyway. For the time will come, our epistle lesson says today, when men will not put up with such sound doctrine, but rather... To suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want them to say. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside unto myths. But you, he said, keep your heads in all situations. But you keep your head in all situations. Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. The old Latin father said it this way, teniamus confessionem. Persist, continue tenaciously in that, that faith that you've received and that confession that you make. Persevere. Not long ago, I watched a PBS series on George Washington. It shows us the importance of perseverance when General Washington wintered his troops at Valley Forge back in 1777. The attacking British soldiers turned out to be the least of the problems that Washington had. For one thing, the Continental Congress failed to act as it should have, it failed to give him the food and supplies that his army so badly needed. Food was available in large supply in other parts of the country, but transportation problems, the shaky value of the continental paper currency, the lack of total civilian support for the revolution kept the food from reaching Valley Forge as quickly as it should have. Of 11,000 American troops beginning that winter at Valley Forge, 2,500 of them, 2,500 of them died. More than 2,000 deserted or refused to enlist at the end of their expired term, and about half of the remaining 6,000 men lacked sufficient shoes or clothes to be able to go on to fight, and many of them died. And during that famous winter at Valley Forge, the real battle then of those patriots was the inner desire to quit, to go home, but they didn't. They persisted, they persevered, and they won a new world. Despite loneliness and fear and discouragement, Jacob persevered because he had confidence not in himself or in his own ability to persevere, but he had confidence in the promises of God to him, in the promise of God to bless him. And he sought that blessing fervently, and he was duly blessed. Despite injustices she suffered and the repeated rejections that she endured, the widow in the gospel for today had confidence in the justice of God. And she sought that justice where she was to seek it and she was vindicated. Despite the persecutions that he suffered and the spiritual complacency he daily encountered, the defections from the faith over which he wept St. Paul in our epistle lesson for today, kept his head in all those situations. He endured hardship. 
He did the work of an evangelist. He discharged his duties and his ministry. And he told the young pastor Timothy to do the same, to persevere. And what do you think that God is telling us through these examples of scripture that are set before us today? Isn't he saying to you the same thing? Through them, isn't he saying to you, persevere, persist in prayer, be confident in the promises of God. No matter that there are so many in our day who have itching ears, accumulating teachers who suit their own passions, be it the new aggressive atheism that's so obvious in our age or the Christless and the crossless gospel of success and happiness which suits the passions for the trite and the shallow form of Christianity where substantive truth is exchanged for entertaining style. Despite these things, you persevere, you pray confidently, you put on the full armor of God, St. Paul says, that you may be able to stand firm against these schemes of the devil and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray at all times, he says, in the Spirit, and be on alert with all perseverance. Dare even to wrestle with God, as Jacob did in prayer, saying, Lord, I won't let you go until I receive this promised blessing. That's not irreverent. That's trusting in the Word of God. He invites you indeed to do so. It's what he expects you to do. Beggars all are we, Luther said. So beg. Beg your Lord confidently. And during the day as we wrestle in prayer with him and late into the night as we wrestle with him in prayer, he's there. He's there wrestling with us. He's there punching out our stubborn resistance to his will. He's there knocking our pride flat. He's there grabbing our plans and shaking them up and landing blow after blow to all of our trite little fears and poking them one by one into the corner. And little by little, all of God's cushioned blows and his gentle taps, you know what they're doing all the time? They're reshaping us. They're remolding us so that our will finally does indeed conform to his will. And his will then becomes our soul's desire. We might feel a bit disjointed after the struggle's all over, even as undoubtedly Jacob did. We might feel tired and emotionally exhausted by it all, but we'll come out of it leaning, leaning on our Lord more confidently than ever before, because you see, we're not grappling with an enemy. We learn that from scripture, from faith. When we wrestle with God, we're not grappling with an enemy. We're not contending with a foe. We, like Jacob of old, are wrestling with the very one who, through his own wrestling for us, through his own struggle for us upon the cross of Calvary, in our stead has made us by faith the sons and the daughters who can appeal in prayer to a merciful Father. That's what Scripture says. And you that were enemies, he says, yet now Christ has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death on the cross in order to present you unto 
him holy and blameless and without fault. Christ wrestled with and he pinned your sins to the cross of Calvary that you might be qualified by grace to wrestle in prayer with God today and to experience his blessings even as Jacob did in his day. And so you persevere in prayer. You don't lose heart. Why? Because your Father is strengthening you through this holy and this sanctifying process in order that you might face yet another struggle, yet another day, before finally that day comes when all struggles are ended. Alfred Russell Wallace, a scientist many years ago, once observed a monarch butterfly and reminded me of this last night on television and saw this monarch butterfly, beautiful, in an ad. My wife reminded me of this couple back in our first parish who raised butterflies and reminded me of this Alfred or this, this Russell Wallace, the scientist who years ago took care of butterflies and observed a monarch butterfly trying to get out of its cocoon and he wrote this way about what he saw and he says, it struggled, it wrestled, it pushed and it pulled for a long time until finally its body emerged fully from the cocoon. The butterfly rested momentarily and then it fluttered its wings and flew away. And then he wondered, what would happen if I made it easier for this butterfly? And so he took a sharp knife and he made a thin slice into the side of the cocoon ever so carefully so that he might not harm or hurt in any way the wings of the butterfly. And then he waited. And within moments, the butterfly slipped out of its cocoon. He waited longer. But guess what? The butterfly didn't fly. It just crept around awkwardly, drooping its beautiful wings to the ground each day until finally it didn't fly, but it died. You see, the struggle to get out of the cocoon was necessary for the butterfly to have the strength that it needed to fly. Blessings that God has for us are often born through struggle. He has his reasons for it and grace, his purposes for it, and Christ and every child here today is evidence of the fact that blessings come through struggle. Every child is evidence of that. Each of us is evidence of that. The blessing of our salvation was born through the struggle of the cross and our Lord Jesus Christ upon it. Proof positive that God is struggling not against us, but for us. And even now, God struggles with us as in his name, we struggle against all in this world that is against him. And so persist in prayer. Be confident in your faith in Christ. Know that he is able to do far more abundantly than all that you ask or think and that everything therefore, as St. Paul says, must work together for good to those that love God and have been called according to his purpose. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Having been encouraged always to pray confidently, we present now to the Lord our prayers, our supplications, intercessions, and thanksgivings on behalf of the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs, we pray. That the Lord would, by the power of his word and through his sacraments, keep us in the Christian faith. O God, the Holy Spirit, we implore you to accept now our thanks for the precious sacred scriptures that you have breathed out and have caused to be written and recorded and preserved for our present and eternal good. Through these, your word, and also by your blessed sacraments, you have begun spiritual life in us. Through these same means of grace, sustain it, we pray, that we may be preserved unto the joys of everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. We pray that Christ Jesus would supply to his church faithful pastors to preach his word and faithfulness to his people gladly to hear it. Lord, we ask you to continue to supply to your church pastors who will preach the word with all readiness in season and out. Make them faithful in their duties and enable them to stand fast and reprove false teaching and rebuke it and exhort to truthfulness with patient instruction. Give also eager ears to your people that they may gladly hear the full counsel of your word, learn it, love it, and gratefully apply it to their lives. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. We pray that God would grant peace, order, and justice in the governments of our land and protect us from that which would cause us harm. Almighty God, grant wisdom and humility to those in our land whom you have raised up to make and judge and execute laws. With swiftness, grant justice from the lowest to the highest halls of government. Defend those who defend us from harm, including police officers and firefighters and military personnel. Guard us also from diseases and infections that would threaten and inclement weather and natural disaster that would destroy. O God, be thou our stay in all adversity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We thank God for prosperity and productivity in our land. Merciful God, you have granted to the people of this nation plenty and have caused production of goods and trade of commerce to flourish. Make us thankful for all of these, your gifts. And as we recall your love and open hands toward us, warm our hearts that we would open our hands in love toward those who stand in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We ask the Lord to look with compassion upon those among us who contend with illness and infirmity or who are preparing for recovering from medical procedures. Merciful God, direct the eyes of those who suffer toward you in hopeful expectation. Grant faith and strength to Hugh Ryan and Chris Heinz and Ruth Allfeld, Marguerite Health, Dennis Heinz and Fred Hein, Allie Becker. Be the quiet confidence of Ginny Mulhern who anticipates lung surgery and also of the nephew also be the strength of the nephew of Chris and Pat Stainer who faces critical surgery. Be also the support of Emmett Milton and Elsie Much who recover from recent procedures. Be with all who in these days recall and give thanks for loved ones who have gone before. Teach us in every unsettling time to pray and never lose heart and trust that in all things your good will is done. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. We pray that we would hold fast and regularly remember and make use of the sacraments God has given. 
Christ Jesus, in baptism you have connected us to your sin-forgiving death upon the cross and your life-promising resurrection. Teach us to live our lives mindful of our new birth at the font, and being mindful of it, make us eager to be refreshed regularly in the new life by the blessed supper of your very body and blood at the altar. By your word and sacrament, keep us in your word and sacrament until the longed-for day when faith gives way to sight and we join the angels and saints above in beholding you face to face. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. We pray finally that we would rejoice securely in the blessings that God gives. Good and gracious God, grant that we cling to you as did Jacob of old, and as we depart today, may we be satisfied with your benediction upon us. Having blessed us by your word, let us also go from your presence in peace, knowing that we have here beheld you among us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Kind and compassionate God, hear our prayer and grant our requests according to your wisdom and mercy. To you alone be all majesty and praise, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who together live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you.